Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. My remarks and the message I feel for this hour are slightly different. Normally I open with a text, but today I will proceed through what I do believe the hour demands. Today my message will be somewhat of reflectionary. For today I will walk us through a reflection on the significance of stones in the Old Testament. In my time frame with you today, there is no way that I can go through every illustration or every example, but I just believe today that through this message, someone is going to leave this place changed. Throughout Scripture, stones have played an important role in the history of God's people. From the stone tablets on which God wrote the Ten Commandments, to the stones used to build the temple, and to the stones that were used as weapons in battle, stones have always been a powerful symbol of God's presence and God's power. If I were to pass this microphone around and I would ask you what you feel is the most famous and most notable story of a stone, it would probably without fail be the story involving stones in the story of David and Goliath. Goliath was a giant Philistine warrior who challenged the Israelites to send out a champion to fight him. No one in Israel was brave enough to face him except for a young shepherd that was tending sheep on the backside of a desert. And David, armed only with a sling and some stones, would face this giant not needing every stone that was in his pouch, but he was ready in case Goliath's four brothers would appear and try to take him on as foe. But he faced down that giant and with one smooth stone struck him down, showing the world, showing the armies of the Philistine and this so-called giant and champion that it was not the strength of man That would win the day, but rather the power of Almighty God. I've come to boldly declare unto you this day that our strength is still not in what we can manufacture and what we can produce, but our strength comes from the Lord. No matter what you are facing on this Sunday, I've come to remind you in the spirit of remembrance that the strength of man is found only in God. Another story involves stones. Involving stones is a story of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River into the promised land. As they crossed, God commanded them 
take 12 stones from the river and set them up as a memorial to the crossing. What these stones would represent would be a reminder to them of the faithfulness of God to lead them out of slavery in Egypt into a land flowing with milk and honey. I read this story afresh this week and I was reminded that these were not just ordinary stones, but they were stones of remembrance. They reminded the Israelites that God's faithfulness and power to part the Jordan River would also lead them in to the promised land. These stones were a reminder of God's covenant to the Israelites. It was reminding them of His promise to fulfill it. But they were also a reminder of the generations to come, of what God did for them on that day. I've come to remind some of you that you have stones in your life of remembrance and you remember where God brought you from. You've got stones in your life as a memorial of all the things that God has done for you. But there is another stone that's found in the Word of God that I dare say you may have never heard of. But it's also a stone of remembrance. First uh, Samuel chapter 7, there is a stone of remembrance that I would like to highlight. Israel had backslidden away from God. The Ark of the Covenant had been stolen by the Philistines. For 20 long years they had lamented after the Lord. There was no Ark. There was no presence of God in the Israelite camp. There was no open vision. They were backslidden. And to make matters worse, Eli, the priest and the judge of Israel, and his sons would die in battle, therefore causing the ark to be taken. Eli's daughter-in-law would give birth to a son, and when she heard the news that her husband had died. Her father-in-law had died. And the ark had been taken. That Eli's daughter-in-law would give birth to a son that would die in childbirth. She would die in childbirth. And the name of the child would be Ichabod. The glory has departed. We find Israel at one of its all-time lows. They had been defeated by the Philistines. Their hearts had turned to false gods. They were in a place of, I would say, bewilderment, wandering, just not being able to find a purpose of life. And just the ark of, the, of God is gone and there's no hope. There's no hope for the future. But God had a prophet by the name of Samuel who would step on the scene with a word from the Lord. And in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3, And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, and put away the strange gods, and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve Him only, and He will deliver you out of the hand 
of the Philistines. That's the word from the Lord to the children of Israel. When Samuel gave that word from the Lord to them, Samuel being the prophet, offered a sacrifice to God and God answered up their prayers by thundering a loud voice that did something in the camp of that day of Israel in verse number 10. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew to near battle. They drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day. And the Philistines and discomfited them. And they were smitten before the Lord. Let me just interject this into this message. Anytime there is a spirit of repentance that comes upon you as an individual, anytime there is a turning toward God, I believe through the, through the context of Scripture and through looking at Scripture throughout that God's heart and attention is geared and guided toward somebody that will say, I repent of my sins. I turn from my wicked ways. I surrender my life unto the Lord. You see, God began to fight. It's amazing to me that when we turn our lives over to the Lord, and we surrender our hearts to Him, that God steps on the scene and begins to do things we couldn't do on our own. God begins to wage war on the enemy. The Philistine army was that rival that Israel always seemed to have to fight. He, he always, they always seemed to have to battle, but it was in their backslidden state. It was in their backslidden, unrelational mindsets that the Philistines would win. But anytime their hearts went back to God, anytime they went back and they got the presence of God back in their midst and their heart was turned toward God, God would just thunder. I believe God just clear his throat. And just say, you know what, I'm going dis to discomfit that. I'm just going to take care of that situation. You don't even worry about it. But something happens, I would say almost miraculous. The men of Israel went out of Mizpah, in verse 11, and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came to Bethkar. But verse 12 introduces us to another stone. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer. He called that stone Ebenezer. Ebenezer means stone of help. In the King James it says Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. When you look up that word hitherto, it simply means until now or until the point in time under discussion. That stone that Samuel would put in place, that stone would be a representation to the children of Israel who had just fought a battle, who had just seen God do what they could not do.
do. Uh, up until that point, they had been backslidden. They had, they had walked away from God. But even in the midst of their backslidden state, uh, even in the midst of them turning uh, to the false God and false idols, uh, when they begin to repent, uh, when they begin to return unto the Lord, Samuel said, I've got a revelation that everyone under the sound of my voice needs to understand. You didn't do this on your own. God did this this day. And this is a stone of remembrance. Ebenezer may sound strange to some of you, but it ought to be something you take in your spirit and walk out of these doors in a few moments. And every once in a while, you ought to just say Ebenezer. Ebenezer, why, 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 why? Because you're acknowledging he's helped me until now. Up until this point in time, he's helped me. But what it does for a few of us in this room, and I believe I could get a witness, uh, what it does for some of us in this room uh, is it just gives me a, a, a conviction and a feeling and a knowing that it gives me faith to believe that if he's brought me this far by faith, he's going to continue helping me in this journey. Somebody shout Ebenezer. Jordan stones were a reminder for Israel and generations to come. But Ebenezer was just a little bit different. Ebenezer was for them. Ebenezer was for those that had just watched God thunder. Ebenezer was for those that had just witnessed God use them. And Samuel wanted them to know it was the Lord that kept them. It was the Lord that kept them in their folly. It was the Lord that kept them in their backslidden state. It was the Lord that kept them in their waywardness. And it's the Lord that has kept some of us in this room. And what it does to those that were in attendance and those that would hear the voice of the prophet that if he's kept us here, He's going to keep us in the future. I wish somebody in this room would remember with me today. Where you were when he kept you. Where were you when he kept you and he, and he blessed you? And you say now, Ebenezer, because the Lord helped me through that. The Lord carried me through that. The Lord did something. Some of you in this room ought to be diseased. Some of you in this room ought to be dead. Some of you in this room ought to be divorced. Some of you in this room ought to be depressed. Some of you in this room probably have had a few DUIs. But God helped you even when you didn't understand it. The Lord kept you when you couldn't keep yourself. You should have been killed in that car wreck. You should have been shot. I'm going to say it like I feel it and like the Lord gave. You should have been shot in that altercation. That drug deal should have went bad when you were doing things you know you shouldn't do. But there was a God hitherto that was watching over you, that was keeping you when you could not. That's it, Brother Jeff. I feel a stone of remembrance that's rising up in the heart of some people today.
God kept you. God put that family back together. God restored you. God kept you. Hitherto, the Lord has helped us. Hitherto, up until now, up until the point of discussion, God kept you. You're all by yourself and you feel like, God, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what's next. Maybe you're not to understand what's next. Maybe it's just to remember. That's all you need is a good memory. You just need to remember. I've been here in some shape, form, or fashion before. And out of nowhere, God stepped in. And God made a way out of no way. God turned my situation around. And what I thought was hopeless, God said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm keeping you. I'm protecting you. I'm allowing you to be where you are. And I told our ministers this morning, we're doing a, we just started a series on the purpose of God being a difference maker. And I'm tell, I told them, and I'm going to tell you, don't let your past try to disqualify you from your purpose. You don't think God already factored in the times you would fail and the times you would fall and the, and the mistakes you would make and all of the, 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 the mishaps of life. The purpose of God is just not that fragile, that you have the ability to totally mess things up and totally throw away your life and totally throw out your hands in hopelessness. But God, who is rich in mercy, God who already knows the ending all the way to where you are. He understands the moment we recognize like the prophet Samuel. Ebenezer. Ebenezer. Hitherto, the Lord has helped us. There is a stone of remembrance. That God wants to get in your life. There's a stone of remembrance. When things ain't going your way. Things ain't happening the way they ought to happen. Ebenezer. When your family's spinning. It seems like out of control. When your marriage feels like it's on the rocks. and When it feels like I don't know what's next in my life. And I sure don't understand. The future much less today. Ebenezer. Sometimes I say when you don't know what to say, just say the name of Jesus. I'm going to put another name in your spirit. When you don't know what else to say, when you don't have the words to say, when you don't have the words to, you know, Ebenezer. I'm not talking about Ebenezer Scrooge either. I'm talking about that stone. I'm talking about that stone. That Samuel put as a reminder to me, to them, that if he brought them this far, Brother Sparks, if he brought us this far, if he brought us this far, if the Lord has helped us this, 
you mean he helped me when I was in jail? You better believe he did. Did he help you when you was in the courtroom and your future laid in the balance of one man or 12 jurors? You mean to tell me that you were involved in this and that and you walked out and some of your friends today are already in a cemetery. Some of those people you used to run around with they left this world way too soon. But God said, I'm going to use my right hand. I'm going to use my right hand to protect you. I'm going to keep you. And I'm going to help you. And it seemed like uh, you went through one marriage and it failed. And you went through another marriage. I'm preaching to somebody. I went through this betrayal and I went through this situation. And it doesn't seem like God is anywhere near me. And it seems like my prayer don't get any higher than that black ceiling right there. You listen to this pastor this morning. And I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, the Lord's helping you when you can't even recognize it. The Lord is keeping you when you can't even sense it or feel it. But you walked in on a Sunday and you felt something from the top of your head to the sun. I feel glory. I feel his presence. That ought to just be a sign. You've not gone too far. You've not went outside the grip of grace. He's got you. He's kept you. His mercy's calling you. But it's the stone of Ebenezer. It just says, hitherto, God's helped us. Brother Jeff, every time I see you in a pulpit, Ebenezer. Brother Cameron, when I seen you in that pulpit this morning, all I could think of is Ebenezer. Brother Chris Cordova, every time I see you stand behind that pulpit, and I watched the anointing that fell upon you in the Philippines. All I can think of is Ebenezer. When everybody would have threw us away, everybody would have said, discard. They've gone past that point of no return. But oh, I feel the prophet of Samuel rising in this. I feel the spirit of the prophet in this room right now. I'm speaking to preachers that you've closed your Bible and put it on a shelf. And you've said, I'll never be used again. I'm talking to Sunday school teachers that you've disqualified your own selves. And God said, I'm keeping you. And I've got you reserved for this last end day harvest. You just need to have this stone of remembrance in the forefront of your mind as you rise from the ashes of defeat and you stand up and become hell's worst nightmare. Ebenezer! Oh, I could go on and on and on and on. I see stories and I hear stories and I hear testimonies. And all I can do, Ebenezer, hitherto the Lord has helped me. Hitherto, as I review my life, musicians come. As I review my life, 
I review where God's brought me. I would not be standing here with a microphone. But I got a fresh revelation as I began to sit at my, in my chair where I do my, my work on sermons. And I began to reflect and remember. Things should have went. You know it's bad when you go to a funeral drunk. Gee, some of y'all don't understand. Leave 21 years old and go to the store and buy a quart of alcohol and get behind the wheel and drive. And God, just, it just killed me. It just killed me. I would be introduced to alcohol at a young age. And if I told you who introduced me, Maybe I do need a, my youth pastor introduce me to my first alcoholic drink. But here's what I had in my life. Somebody get me a chair. Here's what I had in my life. I'll never forget that same individual. Here, won't you try this skull bandit? And I put that bandit in my mouth. And that's when I knew this ain't made for me. I sat down. I, I, I could see it as I'm standing right here. My head spinning like a top. I said, I don't know what's in this thing. I don't know what's been put in my mouth. But I said, God, if you ever bring me down off of this, I ain't never going to try nothing like this again. It seemed like eternity. And I, from that day to this day, I ain't never done nothing like that before. But as I prepared for this sermon, as I am preaching, let me tell you what hell had to go through to try to get to me. In Brookhaven, Mississippi, Granny Britt would sit in that rocking chair. God, save Shane. God, save Shaney boy. I would hear those prayers. And I had a little mama in Meridian, Mississippi on Janwood. Not on Janwood, but there on Popper Springs Drive in that area in Meridian. And I would walk in late nights past curfew being disobedient and a mama in a rocking chair praying. God save my boy. Put an angel around him. He's got a call on his life. He's got purpose over his life. Oh, God save him. Every night I came in the door. Mama wasn't in the bed. Mama was in a rocking chair. And hell had to try to go through the fingertips of a mama and a daddy and a grandma and a grandpa praying prayers over my life. 
I didn't understand why I was going through what I was going I didn't understand the demons I was fighting. I was backslidden. I was in a backslidden state of mind. But I've lived on the other side of what I went through. I lived and I can recognize that God hitherto was helping me. He was guiding me. And yes, I stumbled and I fell. Yes, I faltered. Yes, I sinned and come short of the glory of God but there was a prayer over me that hell just couldn't quite get her hell couldn't latch that final blow and now it's a stone of remembrance in my own life but I wonder if some of you in this room is our musicians are coming and I'm done if you just thought for a moment, how in the world did I make it this far? Where would I be had the Lord hitherto not helped me? Where would I be had a prophet? Let me tell you how important a word like this is. I'll never forget sitting in a, in a service. And I was literally battling the grip of it. It, it was like the heaven and hell. I was in my formative years. And I was in an improper dating relationship. And I had a prophet walk up to me and put his finger in my face. He said, if you don't break this off. You'll pay for this the rest of your life. The prophet, that prophet spoke a word over me that night. And although in its entirety, I still tried to wiggle around that word. But don't you think there's not a day that goes by that those words somehow don't ring? Somehow. Are not resonated. And young people, when your pastor gives you a word from the Lord and he tells you that person ain't right for you, you need to hold up in that relationship. There, there's something I feel in this. There's a reason why. Because I've been where you are. I've walked some roads where you've been. And the pastor's just trying to look out for you. But I can look through all of those things. And I can look through all of those. Holy God, help me. Only God helped me through it. As you very, I want this altar to be very reverent. Not that it isn't, but in just a few moments, I don't want any talking. I don't want any. This is a place where people are about to find a relationship with God. There's some of you that are going to step to this front, and there's going to be a relationship formed and forged with God. That you've never yet to this point had. But a stone called Ebenezer is about to be established in your life. There's going to be a stone of Ebenezer that is erected. And when it's erected, it's going to give you fresh faith for your future. That's what this stone represented. Israel, you've been backslidden. 
Israel, the ark's back in the camp. Israel, God's thundering on your behalf. Now, don't go 20 years backwards and remember your fallen state to a point that it distracts you and you disqualify you for victories that yet await you. Battles you're going to fight that I'm going to fight for you. Testimonies in your, don't poison your children, parents. I'm not, I'm not talking about rat poison either. I'm talking about with words from your mouth. If we're not careful, we'll poison the next generation because we don't understand what God's doing. When we question God and we don't have a full comprehension and understanding and things come out of our mouth, could we replace those words? Could we replace those words so our kids hear? Hear there too. Up until now, the Lord has helped us. Hitherto, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next week. But I just got a feeling. Somebody's praying. I got a feeling somebody's fasting. I got a feeling there's a word being prayed over us right now somewhere. I'm speaking to a family right now. I'm speaking to an individual. You don't understand how you made it this far. I can just tell you, Ebenezer, the Lord has helped you. At this altar right now, I just want you to gently rise in a very, as solemn a way as you can, not to be distractive. Ebenezer Oh You mean you helped me through that Oh yeah You mean God Are you sure you wasn't asleep When I went through what I went through Are you sure your eyes are still on the sparrow and you know the number of hairs on my hell yeah he does are you sure God you know my family conflict are you sure you know he would want you to hear from the voice of the prophet today Ebenezer, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. He's kept you, and He's brought you, and He's protected you. Jacob, Jacob. I'll not let go till you bless me. You know when I bless you, your life will never be the same. That's okay. I can't go another day running, lying, conniving, 
backstabbing, living my life with a mask on. But Jacob made up in his mind, I'll not let go till you bless me. And it was from that moment in time, Jacob's name would be changed. It would be a memorial unto God on that day. And from that day until the last day he walked on this earth, he had a limp. There was a change. And today I feel that same change. Not a limp in the physical, but a reliance in the spiritual that God has helped us. And I will walk out of these doors with victory on my side, victory in my heart, victory consuming my spirit that where he's brought us to thus far has been by his hand and where he is taking me in my tomorrows, he will be there also. Will you lift your hands all over this house? Listen to the word. I want 
could not end this service without asking somebody maybe you repented of your sins but you've never been baptized in Jesus name and you would say pastor there's a stone of remembrance I've got Ebenezer to remind me but I believe there is a the same rock or stone that followed the children of Israel. The water that came out of that rock that they drank of, according to Scripture, was Christ. And today, 
I just feel like asking somebody, you, are you ready to take a drink from the waters of salvation? Are you ready to go down in the watery grave of baptism in Jesus' name? Maybe you've never been baptized in Jesus' name. Brother Cameron taught us so well today. You must be born again of water and spirit. Today can be the day that a stone of remembrance, a stone of remembrance, something you would never forget. If you're here today and you would love to go down in the name of Jesus, we have robes, towels, everything you need. All you need to do is say, here am I, Lord. Here am I. Would there be one? Would there be two? Would there be more? Would say, Pastor, I'm ready to take that step of faith and establish a stone of remembrance in my own life. The Bible gives us the promise. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. God wants to come in and live inside of you by the power of His Spirit. If you've never received that Holy Ghost experience, you can today. It's the gift of God unto salvation that He awaits to freely give you as you surrender your heart to Him. I want to close this prayer tonight or today. And if it's appropriate, you're standing beside your spouse or someone, a friend, someone you can connect with, maybe by taking their hand or placing your hand on their shoulder if it's appropriate. Oh. Hitherto, the Lord has helped us. Father, it's in the name of Jesus. You have brought us this far. You have brought us to this defining moment. And your word says that you will keep that which has been committed unto you. Today, I'm asking you, Lord, that that people have committed, that that lives and families have committed unto you. God, keep that. God, you're keeping every promise toward us. You're keeping every promise toward us that your word has declared. God, I thank you that the promises of God are in you, yea and amen. God, I'm asking you to keep us this week in the shadow of the cross. And may we never forget and worship you from your redemptive grace. We will worship you with acknowledgement. You've brought us this far. And you will take us all the way home. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. 
Would you just one more time with your hands, would you just clap them under the Lord and thank Him? There's no way to dismiss, but you may depart after you have fellowshiped, greeted someone. Give someone the gift that is free in this room. Give someone the gift of a smile and let them know you love them, you appreciate them, and you are a part of the body of Christ. Jeremiah, Summer, we're so glad y'all are here. To all of our guests, God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.